0: Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. Coming up on this episode myself and our Newcastle United editor Aaron Stokes look at the transfer market up on Tyneside. Why has it gone so quiet and is no news good news? We look at Moussa Diaby snubbing a move to Newcastle side, And where they turn to next. Is Jack Harrison really an upgrade on what the Magpies have got? Or is there someone else, no pun intended, waiting in the wings? We also talk Alan St Maxman with Chelsea linked with a move for the Frenchman. There's plenty of debate. Do Newcastle United cash in now or wait until January to see if Maxi can go up a level? Let me tell you, me and Aaron are very divided on our opinions on the matter there's plenty of other stuff as well that we discuss the search for a striker the impact of elliot Arninson, dan ashworth's role and what he's done so far as well as a look to the final few games of newcastle's pre-season all that to come and much much more on this episode of the everything is black and white podcast hello and welcome to the everything is black and white podcast it's time for our weekly q and a session with me andrew musgrove and our newcastle united editor aaron stokes we are live on Facebook, YouTube and Twitter and later on our podcast channel. If you are listening on the podcast, thanks for tuning in. Please remember to like and follow the podcast and leave us a rating and review if you get the chance. Once again, plenty to talk about when it comes to the world of Newcastle United. If you have got any comments, if you're watching live, pop them into the comment box and we'll get through the best of them. Aaron, we're going to start with transfers. It has gone a little bit quiet, but, you know, we were led to believe that would be the case after, you know, Botman came in. Um, but why has it gone so quiet? Is it a case that Newcastle, like we say, we're just expecting this? This is the game they were, they are willing to play. The transfer market is a little bit volatile with uh, price tags and demands from selling clubs and just a mixture of lots of elements rolling into one that has led us to this kind of quiet patch.
1: Yeah, I think I think there's a number of reasons. I think one, you know, the summer market's always a tricky one to try and get players over the line. Um, Newcastle are going after targets who are essentially playing for Premier League rivals. When you look at Jack Harrison and Anthony Gordon, um, you know, the likes of Everton and Leeds are desperate to keep hold of them and probably not don't want to strengthen Newcastle anymore. Um, they're being charged, you know, you know they're being asked for very high prices. You know, there's sort of that Newcastle tax that's being added on. You know, for sort of players where they're being charged over market rate. And I think one is, you know, they're going for a different calibre of player these days. You know, they're going for like some Musa who should be playing at a Champions League club. And, you know, they're going for players that they've got to really try and sell, you know, Newcastle on them because they're essentially even Champions League clubs for mid table clubs. So I think, you know, there's a sort of a number of reasons why, you know, we're we're approaching August and, and they haven't sort of strengthened an attack. So,
0: freshly that they haven't panicked yet. I think they were they were well aware of the demands that were going to be given to them, given this so-called Newcastle night attacks, given the assumption they have, you know, a, an open chequebook, which which isn't the case. There's a budget to work to, and also they have scouted players, so they're going to have an A list, they're going to have a B list, they're going to have a C list. So, you know, they're not panicking. I think that is a, a really good thing because it would be very easy to do so with the expectation, with the attention. It would be easy to give into these demands as well from the selling clubs, from the agents. And I'm I'm just, I'm, I'm very pleased that they've shown this kind of shrewd approach to the transfer market where they haven't gone down the road of just agreeing to everything. Because once you do go down that road, it is very hard to turn around and come back up.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, we saw it in January with Diego Carlos. I think that was a good deal um, to walk away from, obviously. You know, Villa have managed to sign him for about 50 million less than Newcastle were being uh, sort of quoted in January, and I, I agree. I think if they'd gone in all scattergun approach and just signed players because you know they needed bodies in, they're going to pay over the odds. I think it leaves them vulnerable down the line to clubs sort of taking the Mickey a bit when they're when they're sort of doing deals. So, look, there's no secret Eddie Howe is disappointed with not having one or two more over the line you know he said as much in Portugal over the weekend he would have liked to have had maybe you know two attacking additions in um, by now but look it, it hasn't happened and I think you know you know these things move very quickly you know we you know Darren Eels for example came out the blue I wouldn't be surprised if you know they're working on things behind the scenes and another sort of bodies brought in you know in the next couple of days because they're going to have to strengthen for Nottingham Forest Um and, and how's made that clear that that's his aim.
0: Yeah, that Natan Forest game on the 6th of August, so not too far away. We know that Musa Diaby was a big, big target. They really liked him. You know, he's one of the, the best wingers in Europe. He's got a big, big future ahead of him. He came out last week and said, you know, he's going to stop by Leverkusen. You would imagine the fact that he's got Champions League football put has something to do with that. But just how big of a blow do you think that is? That once again, we're sitting here, we're talking about like we were with attack A, you have lost out on one of their, their main targets. Not, they've not just liked; they've scouted, and and you know, if he arrived tomorrow, they'd be they'd know exactly where he would fit into that team.
1: Yeah, look, it's it's a blow because they've spent a lot of time, you know, scouting DRB. They spent a lot of time trying to get a, an Ecartika deal over the line. Um, so, look, any setbacks, obviously, you know, is hugely disappointing. But it's good to see that they've had backup options. You know, DRB's stalled, and we're not sort of flapping around thinking. You know, no one else is in the pipeline. We know that they're trying to push uh, Jack Harrison. We know that obviously they're trying to find someone who can play down the right as well as a striker. So, yes, it's a blow, but look, you know, Newcastle have been fortunate in a sense to get the likes of Trippier yeah, and Botman and Gomerrez over the line when they're still essentially a mid table team who was fighting relegation not too long ago. Um, so look, they, they aren't going to get every target. I think even in the next six months yeah, year, months, there's going to be big players who say, look, it's not the right move. Um, but this is why, you know, it's good having someone like Dan Ashworth in who knows how to get deals done. He knows that if, OK, we've missed out on target A, we'll go to target B. Um, so look, there's no panic. Um, and I don't think fans should be panicking either because I think, you know, by the time the 1st of September rolls around, I think the squad will be looking healthy in, in all departments
0: interesting you mentioned there Dan Ashworth obviously he's come in and there was lots of talk about how he would work with Eddie Howe and Eddie Howe has been speaking about the impact Dan Ashworth has has at Newcastle and he said Dan Ashworth has made a real impact not just looking at recruitment but in every aspect of the club and he says he's been a big help on the transfer front so it's really nice to see that any fears that maybe Newcastle United fans had maybe even in the boardroom itself that it wouldn't work you know, you know, as perfect as we all think it would, or would like to have thought it would, it is working quite well.
1: Yeah, definitely. And look, um, Ashworth is a you know very experienced head. You know, you've only got to listen to sort of his past stories about you know getting deals done for Lukaku at West Brom. You know, scouting Nemanja match before Man United had even and Chelsea had even picked him up back in the day. He knows what he's doing. You know, he's going to be across all aspects of the club. He's going to be making sure. Young players are getting the right loan moves out, and you know tracking their development. He's also going to be making sure that Eddie Howe has essentially everything he needs in the uh, in the first team market. So, yeah, no panic. It's good to see that they're building those foundations off the pitch, and I think what has sort of played to you know against Newcastle is the fact that they got so many defensive deals done before July had even rolled around. You know, we had Pope, Target, and Botman in towards the end of June. We've now had a month of of no incomes, and I think that's why the sentiment on social media and stuff is that you know Newcastle are struggling in the market. I don't I don't think that's the case. I think um, you know there's still five weeks left to go. I don't think there should be any sort of cause for panic at the minute.
0: And we know they want right winger. We've mentioned there, Diaby's made his intentions very very clear. Of course, things could change. It is football, and sometimes money does talk. Jack Harrison is another player in that position who's been strongly linked Leeds. Don't want to sell another star. Um, how do you see that one going? I mean, it, you look at Jack Harrison. He, I think, he got 10 goals last season. He was part of that kind of star lineup with, with the likes of Phillips and Rafina who's also left Leeds. Is it time, do you think, for him to, to move on and, you know, Newcastle's the next step in his career?
1: I think, I think personally, I think a move like that would suit him. You know, he's, he was very highly rated at Manchester City. He went to America and obviously impressed. And, you know, he did very well for Leeds. I know some fans are, are sort of torn as to whether to sign him, but I think he's, he would be a very decent addition. Um, so I think for him, Newcastle would be a good move. Um, you know, he would get regular game time. I think he would suit Eddie Howe's style of play. He, you know, he's, he's good defensively and going forward. Um, so, yeah... For me, personally, I think it would be a good move for him. I think the position Leeds are in is, you know, they've got all the cards. They've sold Phillips, they've sold Rafinha, who, you know, are, you know, were their two best players. The fans were probably thinking, if we're still Harrison as well, you know, what on earth is going on here? Um, so, you know, Leeds, I think, unless the player comes out and says, you know, I, I really want to go, um, I think, you know, they're in a very strong position to keep them this summer. Because at the minute, it seems like he... Isn't sort of at least not publicly pushing for that move, um, so I think that's why you know it, it's sort of been a stumbling block at the minute. Right, okay.
0: uh, Ian Cookland there saying he would take Harrison all day long for the right price, and I guess that is the key point there—the right price because it's not just Harrison. We've mentioned there, Diaby, there's Pequeta, people I talking about in the, in the links who also can play out on the wing, which a few people have mentioned. But the right price and we keep mentioning, we keep referring to this Newcastle United tax. Now, last week and the week before, we praised Newcastle for not giving in to demands, for sticking to their guns, because there is enough time in the transfer market and they are rolling the dice hoping that the selling club will will fall and say, Yes, right, we'll take that cash. Um But is there a moment where Newcastle maybe have to have to play over and over and play? If we if we get to that forest game and They line up with uh, Fraser on the right and Callum Wilson and only Chris Wood. Do you then look at the next couple of weeks and say, right, yes, you're going to have to pay an extra 10 million just to make sure that the squad has been upgraded to what it was at the end of last season?
1: Yeah, potentially. I think, look, it's going to be a lot of potentially trying to call players and and clubs as bluff. On one hand, if we're getting to the end of the window and you're cast desperate for attacking options... Other clubs are going to look at them and say, "Yes, it's going to cost you." On the other hand, the likes of Everton and Leicester, who probably need to sell players in the next couple of weeks, if they haven't shifted as many players as they wanted by the end of the window, you know, could they be tempted to maybe sell Calvert Lewin for a bit cheaper than they're quoting at the minute? Could Leicester be maybe, you know, forced to lower their asking price for Harry Barnes? It could, it could fall either way. Um, but you've just got to hope that Newcastle do stick their guns and don't overpay because. Personally, look, Callum Wilson and Chris Woods, I think maybe it's not enough. Maybe you need a third striker. But I think if you're going in the first couple of games of the season, at least with Miggy and Fraser and Murphy, I think that's enough depth. I don't think it's enough till January, but I think, you know, going into the Forest game and the games against City and Liverpool, I don't think we should maybe be rushing until, you know, September's looming. Um, because I think they do have the bodies, it's just about making sure they get the quality in this summer
0: to comment there from from Mickey and he says he, he doesn't think Newcastle are going to get anybody else in unless they go a bit, uh, a bit higher with the bids. Um, It's interesting you mentioned there Harvey Barnes. He's a player that was linked over the weekend, as was um, Draxler, who plays for PSG. And we mentioned a few weeks ago, didn't we, that you're going to get names week in, week out linked. But, I mean, Harvey Barnes, good Premier League pedigree, you know, does a very decent job. But is he is he an upgrade on Ryan Fraser, Jacob Murphy?
1: Yeah, I think he is. I think I think when you look at you know, the the purple patches he's had at, um under Brendan Rodgers at Leicester, um, I, I think he, he would be a step above now. He's another player who predominantly plays down the left and we know that, you know, that's Maxi's position at the minute and they're looking for someone on the right, or they're gonna have to eventually move Maxi to the left if they can't get their, you know, their sort of targets this summer potentially. But I think Barnes would be a step up. I think, um, you know when he's fit and firing, you know he's he's among the best players in that Leicester squad alongside Madison. So I think it would be a good deal. Again, you know the, the reports that we're seeing over the weekend that Leicester are quoting fifty million. I think it's that's this is the thing. They're great players. They're a step up. But would you be paying fifty million for them? I don't know. So this is why I don't envy Dan Ashworth in the market trying to do these deals. But is it when push comes to shove, they're going to have to pay, you know, how wants these attacking players in? And you've got to back the manager. So and the money will be there. So it's a tricky one.
0: Well, when we were, before we came on to the broadcast, we were discussing where Newcastle go next after the after Harrison, after DRB, you know, DRB has snubbed Newcastle, Harrison looking unlikely. They want a right winger in. Where do they go next? And we, we were struggling to come up with you know, not just an alternative, but actually names. Really, I mean, you know, Dwight McNeil is one that always seems to crop up. But you know, he, he was wanted by Rafa Benitez back in the day, but standards have, have gone up a level. He hasn't scored in, in goodness knows how long. Um, obviously relegated with with Burnley. You've got Saw, you got Hudson Odoi, uh, Trossard, who obviously is at Brighton, and Dan Ashworth signed him. Pepe at Arsenal, but some of these. On natural, uh, you know, wingers on the right. Some of them are on the left. And again, you know, this, the the southern clubs are going to be asking for a lot of money. And and are they are they again an upgrade on, on what Newcastle already got?
1: Yeah, look, I mean, some of those names. I think I don't think Dwight McNeil is potentially an upgrade. But then you look at the likes of Hudson and who you know I'd be snapping Chelsea's hand off if they were going to let him go this summer. Then you know Les we say we we're discussing the likes of Trossard. Ashworth knows him well from signing him at Brighton, but he's not really a winger. And we know that Eddie Howe at the minute isn't really playing with a ten. That sort of rules the likes of him, Conor Gallagher out. It's such a tricky market, you know. Everybody's out to strengthen their attack this summer, and you know there's limited options in the market. Nicholas Pepe he came for so much money, hasn't worked for an Arsenal. You know, is he sort of suited to the Premier League? As I say, I I just don't envy um, Ashworth trying to get the deals done, but I think they will. You know that they, they've got enough sort of irons in the fire, um, and I, and I do think I do think they will get one over the line. It's interesting though. If you if you could pick one, one name right now, who do you think you'd you'd want in?
0: So we're, I mean, we're going to say realistically. I mean, out of the names I've just mentioned there, I think I think Saul would do would do a pretty good job. And I would I would actually like to see Gallagher come in. I know he's not a yeah. winner, but I think Gallagher showed a palace that he's a good quality Premier League player. I don't think he's gonna get a look in at Chelsea, obviously. Um he had that horrendous miss, didn't he? That penalty miss. But yeah, uh, we'll not punish him for that. I think I you know, I think for me, realistically looking at, you know all the elements I think Sarra and Gallagher would be my choice but I know a lot of people are in the comments here and they're shouting Paqueta can play on the wing (laughs) you've got the Bruno Gameraj link you've got the Jolinton Brazilian you know that's the fairy tale everybody's wanting but again it comes down to the price tag of how much are Leon really going to want for Paqueta to come to Newcastle and and is that his strongest position because it's arguably not either
1: well I think the question isn't is it his strongest position I think the question is does he actually want to play there because we know he can play as a false nine, but Brazil. We know he can play as a ten, that on the right, if needs be. But I mean, I've I've looked it up, and he's done at least three interviews where he said my best slash favorite position is centre midfield, and I don't know whether, you know, he probably knows if he comes to Newcastle, he's not shoo-in to actually start there because of how strong it is, um, and he probably doesn't want to be forced out. So that's maybe why that's not happening. But it would be a good addition, I think, Bukayo and I, I don't think Leon are going to charge as much as they were in January um, Hudson-Odoi for me would be the one I would love to see Hudson-Odoi in. Um again you know you'd have to do some pretty heavy persuading Do
0: you think that could be a, a moment for, the, for Newcastle to really take advantage of, of the loan market potentially we know Chelsea had this kind of weird approach of signing loads of youngsters and then not necessarily wanting to let them leave permanently let them go out on loan here I mean what Gallagher must be on his second or third Uh, loan spell West Brom Palace Hudson-Odoi could be another one where Newcastle go and say well look we'll take him for a season and we'll see where we are in 12 months time
1: definitely and I mean you know you forget because of how long he's actually been around but he's only 21 Um, he's played very limited football over the last 12 months because of you know sort of freak injuries Chelsea seem to be trying to sign pretty much every player under the sun you know they brought Raheem Sterling in they really wanted Rafinha Um, you forget that they've also got Werner Pulisic, Ziyech, who are all playing down the flanks. You know Hudson Odoi is probably going to be looking and saying, "Am I even going to get luck in this season?" So that may be one. You know, next month I would love to see them try get over the line, and, and I think a loan deal would probably suit Chelsea. But look, you know, but we, as someone's mentioned in the comments there, you know, you know, there's a different sort of flurry of names every couple of days. We could be sitting here in a month's time and we've signed someone that they haven't even been linked with. So there's a long way to go, and I, and I, and I do think patience is required
0: you mentioned that Chelsea's recent activity in the transfer market with who they've signed they have been linked to Alan at maximum over the weekends again Maxi' is a man who just splits opinion doesn't he and uh, we were talking about this before we came on air about where we would stand if, if a decent bid came in I mean first off what is a decent bid are we are we talking 50 60 million fans at maximum you think
1: I think 50 million I think if you're selling them for any less than 50 million given his age what he brings to this team look, yes, Newcastle are going to strengthen this summer, but he's, he was the main man last season. Um, You know, he played over 30 games. You've got to think Wilson was Wilson was only playing 18 last season. Um, I think anything less than 50 million, I don't think I'd be accepting it. If I'm honest, and I think, you know, you just said he split opinion. I think, I'd, I'm not sure I agree with you. I'd, I don't think we should sell him this summer.
0: Oh, well, I, well, just to the listeners, I haven't actually said that yeah, yet. So I we I we were talking about outside. Yeah. And I, I said, you know, I... I it's because it's such a big season for saint Maximum, I think this is—he really has to step up a level, and I just wonder if he's got enough to to do so. He's a very talented player, but the, the lack of consistency is just so frustrating and, and, and so annoying. Um, you know, if he if he sorts that out, then he will be unstoppable. And you can see, you know, on his day when he does it. This is exactly why the likes of Chelsea are being linked. But Chelsea are in a position where they can afford that luxury. They can afford Alan St. Maximum to perform every four or five, six games, and the rest mm-hmm. of it he has an average time. Yeah. Newcastle are in are on a transition. They're in a building stage where they can't afford to have a luxury who just rocks up every five or six games. They need someone who is, you know, who is turning out week in, week out, and they maybe have a, a bad game here or there. And. 50, 60 million, that's a lot of money to go, in, to go and invest elsewhere, to go and build. And, you know, I think if we were talking about this in January and he hasn't stepped up a level yeah. between now yeah. and January, I think it's a total different situation. And there'll be a lot of people in the comments here saying, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it is just my opinion. But I do think we're having this conversation in six months' time. The comments, the, the opinion on whether you would sell him if, he, if he's just had a sub-average season yet again, would be would be the answer would be a lot different than what maybe it is now Cause i think a lot of people they're, they're willing them on and they want them to hit the highs Every, and so do i yeah but do i believe he can do i i'm not not 100
1: it's a huge season for him because he's got all the hallmarks of great player but his end product hasn't been good enough his decision making hasn't been good enough you know for me at the minute look it's a it's a massive season he needs to improve his end product he needs to sort of lift his game to the next level but you know we just spent you know 15 minutes talking about how hard it is to bring attacking midfielders in and then we're talking about potentially selling our best one you know I don't think it's a luxury that Newcastle have at the minute to be able to flog them you know when you know that you know the other options I mean, at the minute are Fraser and meggy you know, they haven't even got a right midfielder in. So. For, for,
0: for what it's worth, I don't think Newcastle will yeah, no, sell Alan saint no, maximum yeah. I just think it just emphasises how big of a, 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 you know, the next six months are. And, you know, Tom in the comments there said a lot more fans are into to Alan St-Maximin than not. And I totally agree with that. Like I say, on his day, superb. I'll be one of those stand up and cheering him when he takes on, on a defender. <laughs> um, football's an ethical game. I, I just really do hope that he can just reach the levels we all know he's got. Because, like I say, I think it comes down to what Newcastle can afford in terms of, you know, effort, and product, having that luxury.
1: Um, I think I think he's destined for a bid season because, you know, look, he, he hasn't performed badly by any stretch of the imagination. He's been Newcastle's go-to man under previous managers. He's had a brilliant pre-season off the pitch. You know, we've seen those videos where he's been, you know, sprinting in the mountains, you can tell he's, he's, he's put a lot of focus on his fitness. He's had a full season with Eddie Howe, who we think is going to be able to get the best out of him. He just got to hit the ground running this season. But I, I do agree we could be sat here in six months' time when the January market window you know rolls around saying, is it time to cash in and move on to someone better?
0: You, you, you described him there as Newcastle's go-to player. And, and maybe that's where a lot of the criticism comes from, because he is up there. You know, he is arguably... Maybe Castle second or third best, but I think Gumresh probably yeah. pips him to it. But I think the fact that he is up there and when he doesn't perform as well as everyone wants him to, then the criticism is, is a lot harder. Um, I think when you look at how Bruno has performed and he's knocked St Maximum off the perch, so to speak, again, the criticism really ranks up because everyone's expecting so much of St Maximum, but we just don't see him doing it enough
1: I think you've hit the nail on the head there twice I think Maxi goes missing and he's it's noticeable because he's obviously the man that they're trying to get the ball to when they're going forward and then when he has those games you know where he has every two or three where he doesn't perform you notice it more Bruno coming in has also shone a spotlight on the fact that Bruno hasn't really missed a a beat every game he performs to a similar level he doesn't really go hiding and it just sort of shows that Maxi actually does do that so you know, as we've said, fans know he's got to raise his game. Um, but you know, I'm I'm going to back him and do that this season. I'm, I've got high hopes. From I think shirt. fingers crossed. You're right. Fingers because crossed.
0: like I say, in full flow, there was few things better in a black and white shirt than Alan St-Maxim running at defenders yeah. and 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 just terrifying the life out of them. Yeah. And, and I one, I do hope that um, we're not we're not having a conversation about him being sold or potentially being sold because of big bids come in. No, I am hoping. I
1: agree with Vicky. Yeah, best season yet definitely.
0: Fingers crossed Vicky, yeah, she says Max will have his best season yet uh, I do hope everyone who has backed him in the comments there is is right and um, uh, my comments are proven to be wrong. People also mentioned there Miguel once had, had a decent pre-season we've got a, an episode of our little mini-series Let's Talk About, the last episode was on Miguel Almiron, me and John Gibson having a bit of debate about Miggy's future, uh, fair to say that one was definitely split as you may know if you're a regular listener of the podcast John Gibson is not a fan of Almiron I'm a little bit more of a fan of him Um, really interesting debate I'll pop that podcast in the comments do listen to it if you haven't uh, so far it's gone down um, really well a lot of people sharing their views on Miggy Um, talking about pre-season Aaron uh, Newcastle over in Portugal our chief sports writer Lee Ryder is over there and we have, um, we have a video from Lee which will play you in, in just a moment. Of course, they, they played Burnley in a behind closed doors game over the weekend. They're going to play Benfica. Um, we'll listen to Lee first, and then we'll dive into um, the, the, the final week away of pre-season.
2: So Newcastle United's pre-season tour, or mini-tour of Europe, if you like, continues here in Lisbon, where they'll face Benfica tomorrow night at the Estadio Deleuze. A venue that a lot of Newcastle fans will remember from 2013, when they were beaten in the Europa League, in the quarter-final stage. A lot's changed since then. Newcastle have now got new owners, a completely new management team. We've been around the block a little bit in that sense, from the Alan Pardew sort of days. But Newcastle really got the teeth into that sort of pre-season training game against Burnley. And now they're looking to, uh, to, you know, to build on that with a with a tough game against Benfica. This this will be a real test uh, for Newcastle. You know, Benfica were very good in the Champions League last season. It took Liverpool to beat them, and this will be a, a game where Eddie Howe will be looking, you know, at his players and saying, you know, this we're edging close to that Premier League opener now against Nottingham Forest, and you know, you're looking you're looking for big performances. So. We'll probably see a lot of players get 90 minutes, but overall for Newcastle, pre-season has gone well. Uh, it could have been worse. Uh, you know, they got this sort of late tour to Austria after the American trip got, got cancelled. So, ultimately, Freddie Howe has got the, the work from the players and, you know, so far there's no major injuries. So, things are going quite well here. A lot of fans will be arriving uh, in Lisbon in the next 24 hours and they'll be looking for you know a big European night a a little taste of it it's 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 not uh, it's not often you get such a high profile friendly against a team like Benfica but Newcastle coming here big chance to step up those preparations and for Eddie Howe he's starting to whittle down that 11 for that Nottingham Forest game so let's see exactly uh, where Newcastle stand after that huge game against Benfica
0: so there we have it, Lee Ryder over in Portugal, and they'll be bringing you coverage of that friendly game on Tuesday. I think you can tell he's stopping near the airport there. Um, it's going to be an interesting week, and I just want to go back, first of all, back to Austria, actually, because Newcastle, obviously, they played played uh, men's 05, and it was noticeable the lack of firepower. You know, Eddie Howe mentioned it. They've since sold Dwight Gale to, or Dwight Gale's left on and free to go to Stoke. And we're talking there about the market and the frustrations. And I think it's going to be another good test of what they've got against a good side against in Benfica. Just how well or how important it is to get in another striker and another creative, whether it be a winger, a centre midfielder, to, to unlock the defences. And, you know, you're going up, as Lee said there, against a, a very strong European side. It's going to be a big test. And it, it, we, we're going to learn more, essentially, aren't we, about, about what they've got up front.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously you can't read too much into these preseason friendlies, but it was it was, as you say, noticeable um in the last friendly, sort of how short they are in attack. Um in terms of firepower, yeah, Chris Wood again just it just doesn't seem to be clicking. Um, you know, Miggy has done well in pre season, but you know, you're asking to do that in the Premier League where, you know, at times he sort of struggles. Um so yeah, I think we'll know more. I agree with what Lee said in that video. I think we'll see a lot of players getting, you know, a full ninety this time to try and sort of bring them up the speed ahead of the uh, the Forest game. But yeah, it, it's an important week. But you know, it's good to see that they've brought some youngsters along with them, um, the likes of Alex Murphy and players like that. So yeah, it, interesting to see who who how it goes with, but um yeah hopefully a, hopefully a decent performance against Watson you know good experienced opposition
0: mm, against Burnley they, so they, they played two games didn't they uh, two 11 side games and uh, Matt Bondswell is another youngster he was on the trip he played Munez got a run out he, he replaced And um, Alex Murphy and Jay Turner Cook are there they didn't get a run out against Burnley they scored 11 goals between the, the two sides that played uh, Willick Got two, Anderson got one, Wilson, Sir Matt Ritchie Jacob Murphy, Almiron got two and an assist. Um a lot of people talking about Elliot Anderson We've covered him, you know, time and time again on the on the pod, and each week we're saying he doesn't look out of place. He's impressed. Uh, you know, he's 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 made it clear he wants to be part of this first team squad. We know he's got interest in the championship and in league one. But again. And I appreciate it's a behind closed doors game against Burnley. It wouldn't have been anywhere near hundred uh, percent, you know, competitiveness. But again, a goal by all accounts he impressed. It's going to be really interesting to see him up against Benfica and then the two friendlies coming at St James's Park uh, in a few days' time. I think he's doing enough to really push himself into that first team picture.
1: I'm start. I'm starting to think maybe it's not the worst idea keeping him because if he can keep again, look, it's pre season didn't look out of place in Austria. He, obviously, he, he played very well in those two training sessions on Saturday. If he can sort of have a you know decent showing against Benfica, put in you know a good performance on Friday or Saturday, they've got a long time left in this window to decide what to do with them. It might even be worth just keeping them and giving them a couple of minutes against Forest, um, and then you know sort of later on in the window before siding right. Because look, you know there's probably. We're probably in double figures now about clubs that want to sign him. A lot of championship teams are after him, um, plus teams in the SPL. I think they need to take the time on it, um, be patient and see if he can keep his form up. I, I don't think he's a bad option to have around the squad. Not at all. Because with the, the,
0: the other youngsters who have gone on this trip to Portugal, like we've mentioned, Murphy, Bondswell, Munez and, 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 and Turner Cook, it's you get the feeling that's more just to give them a bit of experience. But with... Anderson, it's very much. I think, can he really break into this first team squad and 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 and, and upset the the established order, so to speak? Can he m- make s- enough impact over the preseason where he is in with a real shout of starting against Forest, even?
1: Yeah, it goes back to what we've said as well about is he going to stagnate if he stays? You know, I feel like if he's going to be kept on beyond the summer, he needs to be getting game time. Um, you know, he needs minutes, in and I think. You know it's no good just keeping him and sitting on the bench. But look, I, I don't want to get too ahead of myself here. But he's looked very, very. He, look, he hasn't looked out of place at all on these on these preseason trips. Um, so yeah, look, long mate continue. It's a different ball game going into the Premier League when you're playing against you know the best teams of the country. But look, he's uh, he's certainly sort of you know throwing his name at a contention. Um, with his performances in recent weeks.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's a really good comment there on on Elliot Anderson, um, uh, where, the, I can't see who it is, because the the hide the current comment is is hiding the the, the, the point there, but he's the, this person is saying, it's the case of how much game time he'll get, after this is from Craig, it's the case of how much game time he'll get, Um, basically saying he needs to go out on loan if he's not gonna play week in, week out. Because of course that is the important bit, isn't it? The development of, of the youngsters uh, and you don't want them sitting on the bench. But mm-hmm. I, I do think he's going to be within a shout of getting into mm-hmm. this this first-team squad and potentially the first 11. Uh, Adam Hall asking, is he better than Mickey and Murphy now? Different
1: type of player. Um, I think it's too soon to say, isn't it? Because, you know, he's, he's done it in League 2, he's doing it in pre-season friendlies, but, you know, he, he could play against Nottingham Forest and just look completely out of his depth. I think it's too close to be... Um, too soon sorry to be sort of saying whether he's better than Miggie who's probably racked up about you know 100 Premier League appearances so it's, it's a tricky one but look he, the potential's there if you can keep the up, he looks like um, you know he looks like a real real prospect for the future
0: definitely we've got we were talking about there the lack of firepower that Newcastle have and what these games have told us so far and Andrew Palmer there asks how much time is a 40 million pound striker going to get and that is the other important element when it comes to finding a new Ford Dwight Gale leaving has definitely increased the need to get somebody in even if he'd stopped I would have argued they still need to go out and get somebody but we mentioned this on last week's episode it, it's similar to the chase for a right winger as well you struggle to pick names which are who are realistic and then you struggle names who are realistic aren't necessarily going to be a realistic asking price and then you have to sell it because if Callum Wilson's fit he starts, I think. Unless you've gone out and you've got someone in the class of a Harry Kane or a Lukaku, um, who are you going to get in that's better than Callum Wilson?
1: It's tricky, isn't it? There's not too many names that stand out. Even when you're thinking about the likes of Calvert Lewin, there's still people that will say, "Well, you know what? I'd have I'd have a fully fit Wilson over him." Um, but yeah, I agree. I mean, I mean, I wrote about it over the weekend. They knew Gale was going. Um, it's obviously been in the works for a while, but. The simple matter of fact is they're down to two strikers now. And we all know with Wilson's track record with injuries, that could soon be one striker. So you know, Eddie Howe knows this, Dan Ashworth knows it, we know it, fans know it. It's imperative the next month to get someone in. Um, it's just interesting to see what route they go down. Do they sign a brilliant right winger, You know, push the boat out, get in, spend, and then bring in just a, another body in attack and just say, we're going to focus on Wilson, or do, do it the other way around big money striker you know a big name who's going to walk straight in that first 11 but then they sort of maybe bring a loan in on the wing it's interesting to see what they're going to do because you know it doesn't look like there's the budget to sort of go out and spend 40 million on both positions so it's interesting to see but you know obviously we'll know more in in a couple of weeks time
0: certainly will the transfer it's just it's been really interesting to to report on to follow and just refreshing to see Newcastle actually you know Doing what's been necessary, and we're not going to sit here and say, oh, "Well, at least you know they, they haven't tried," because they have tried. Unfortunately, you know things have just you know been a little more difficult than I think uh, some people maybe expected. But um, like we mentioned at the start, it's good to see them not having that scattergun approach and uh, sticking to their guns. Um, so a couple more questions, and um, we have one from uh, Nicola on on Twitter. She asks about the women's team. She says. We know investment and recruitment has been going on, uh, but she's wondering, do you think there's gonna be any more from the club in terms of pushing the profile of the of the women's side?
1: Yeah, I would imagine so. Um I think, you know, it's probably not beyond the possibility that they'll play another one or two games at St James's this part, given obviously the immense success of it last season. Um, you know, we know that Becky Langley's probably gonna be strengthened with better players. Um, they'll also probably you keep hold of the ones like uh, Katie Barker, who's obviously playing so well. Yeah, I think look, the club have made it clear from day one they want to give it as much airtime as possible. They want to treat it like they treat the men's team. So, um, yeah, I think in the next couple of months we'll see that sort of publicity ramped up. And I think
0: um, it, I think it's interesting, that you know, that Manastirli has been so public as has me and Dad could do see about their backing for the women's side. And with the demand at St James's Park, you know, people are really struggling to get tickets. I mean, struggling to get tickets for this weekends preseason games you i'm hoping that we see a, a real boost in attendances for the for the women's side you know families you know youngsters who they can't get to St James's Park on a Saturday because there's not enough tickets and they go okay we'll we'll, we'll head down the road and we will we'll go and support the other team because you know what the women deserve it and it it, it was really nice to see St James's Park as well as it was for that game against Annick and I, I'm hoping that a lot of people who were there that day will look um, and, and and look to follow the the women a lot closer this season.
1: Yeah, I think I think next time they play at St James's, I think we'll be talking about an even bigger attendance because everybody that was there is going to go again, and everyone else want, will want to be a part of it. Um, as you say, the demand for the first team tickets is so great at the minute. I think we will see the women's team get more, you know, sort of spectators there, and I also think the caliber of young players are signing more people are going to go along to those Monday night under 23 games, to be honest. So, yeah, look, very positive, you know, on all aspects of the club. Good to see that. It's not just the first team getting the TLC it needs. And, um, yeah, yeah, really positive. But I think I think we'll see a lot more of the women's team this year. Mm.
0: And then obviously Newcastle back at St James' Park, as you mentioned there, game on Friday and a game on Saturday. Nicola also asked whether the, the two games will be televised. My understanding is that neither will be due to kind of rights issues and what have you rules with UEFA uh, I do understand that the, the Friday game should be on Rage Radio Newcastle not too sure about the Saturday game because I think that obviously the EFL uh, the, you know, the, the League 1 championships all kicking off then so but um, I mean that's unfortunate but they're the rules and it just goes to really reignite that you know argument did Newcastle expand or, or relocate okay? and that's one that's going to go on for, for many months if not years the demand though I mean for preseason friendly, friendly tickets alone, it's just it is it's mind blowing.
1: I mean, Mike Ashley. I mean, Mike Ashley. If he was a sane businessman, was should be sitting looking at this, thinking, "What on earth have I done with the last fourteen years?" Because twenty thousand in a queue at ten o'clock in the morning to get a preseason ticket. You know what a waste of 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 you know years and money. You know, under Mike were actually cheering
0: outside the box office when I went up. They got a ticket. They got. It. They were coming out and they were cheering because they would got a ticket to go and see Newcastle take on Bilbao.
1: It's just unbelievable, isn't it? Imagine when they win something. I know it's the old cliché, but imagine when they get anywhere near success. I mean, yeah, look, brilliant to see so many people going to uh, the preseason friendlies. I'm looking forward to being back in St James's um, Friday and Saturday. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing what war flags I've got in store as well. It's going it's to be brilliant. I'm really, really excited for the season.
0: Yeah, it's going to be. It's going to be brilliant and. We'll be obviously we'll be bringing you live coverage of the game against Benfica and then the two games um, on on Friday and then Saturday. Interesting though, obviously they w- they've been linked to surpass any plays for Atlanta. Who's be the Friday game, isn't it? Um, is that a kind of a um, a chance for him to show maybe Newcastle's hierarchy what he can do?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, what better chance to what better um, opportunity to sort of earn yourself a move than playing in front of the scouts at their home stadium? So yeah. Um, I think it'll be interesting for the scouts and for fans to sort of see what type of players a patter is, if he obviously plays any part of that game on there at the weekend. But, yeah, there'll be a couple of players where they've probably got an eye on them thinking, you know, I mean, these these calibre of opponents, Benfica, Atletico, Bilbao and Atlanta, you know, have never been seen in pre-season friendlies against Newcastle. So you never know, there could always be a sort of standout player where they think, hmm, we maybe missed that one rather than, you know, going to play York and Dalton as they were last summer and sort of just going through the motions. So, yeah, exciting to see he's a part Obviously, he's one of many, many players uh, linked with the club. um. So, yeah, good chance for him to sort of show what he can do. Craig Lacks made
0: another good comment
1: here. He says he
0: can't honestly see Newcastle spending £40 million on a striker this window. He reckons it'll be an understudy to, to Wilson over free, like Bellotti. And I'm sure he doesn't mean, oh, free, like Bellotti, <laughs> Because if it was Melotti, as you mentioned yeah, uh, not so long ago, week, yeah. you'd snap your hand off for a strike of that that quality.
1: Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, obviously, it was only a matter of time that Newcastle got linked with him. Obviously, he left Torino on a free. Um, you know, as I said on the pod last week, he would be a fantastic addition. Um, it would take a lot of boxes. And obviously, we saw a report at the end of last week that, you know, his sort of agents offering from the likes of Newcastle, West Ham, Everton. Um, so, yeah, to definitely want to keep an eye on the next couple of weeks. But... um, yeah, look. This is it. Goes back to what I say. Are they gonna maybe say we don't need to go and spend forty million because we know we've got Wilson? Should we sort of put that in the right midfield area? Or do they say, look, you know, we need firepower. Let's go all out. It just sort of depends what the hierarchy are thinking in terms of where they want to sort of, you know, prioritise in the next couple of weeks.
0: Because it all does come down to money. And just to finish off there, you, you've alluded to. Everton maybe needing to sell another player here or there. Leicester as well. There's lots of reports about, you know, FFP with with those, and both clubs are maybe a, an example to Newcastle and their hierarchy about, you know, if we go and spend big, then we have to get it right. And I'm sure they're well aware of that. But it's even more, you know, in in, in the public eye when you do look at two clubs like Leicester and like Everton, where they can't go and strengthen as much as they want because they are. You know tied by financial fair play rules
1: yeah definitely i mean you know staveley and, and any anyone else how anybody from Newcastle, they've all you know stuck to the same message and that is it's it's a you know it's a rebuilding job that's going to be spread across a couple of transfer windows it's very very easy to forget that they spent you know nearly 100 million january and they've already spent 60 million this summer although it doesn't really feel like that um so, you know, they, they do need to sort of spend it wisely, not just go gung-ho in the market and, you know, spend it because it's there. They need to do it measured so that they don't fall into the trap of, a, um, you know, a sort of Everton or a Leicester or a Villa or even down the line. so, patience, we keep saying it, but, you know, patience. I've got so much trust in these owners and this manager that they're going to get it right. I've, I'm not even panicking about these links. I think, you know, come this time next month, we'll be in such a healthier position. And... Um, and yeah I just hope that fans are sort of in the same mindset as well
0: Tom there from Australia predicting Newcastle castle to finish 8th and that's without a right winger over a new striker
1: yeah I, 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 I personally think they're going to fall a little bit short of, of Europe this season which I think is absolutely fine it's a it's a rebuilding job I think anywhere from 8th to 11th is or 8th to 10th is progress Um but that's only possible if they, if they bring in maybe one or two, you know, real bits of quality in the next month. Mm.
0: Plenty of time to do so. And we'll bring you all the updates over on chroniclelive.co.uk where we've got our daily transfer live blog, Aaron, usually the man at the helm there. So you can get all the gossip, all the, 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 the concrete links in there as well. And we've got plenty of great content on the podcast channel. There's an interview with broadcaster John Champion up on their way he reminisces about Sir Bobby Robson Kevin Keegan that famous night in Rotterdam when Newcastle beat North 3-2 in the Champions League and Sir Bobby's jig of delight on the touchline against Leeds and there's plenty of chat there about Eddie Howe and the takeover in his words how the takeover has resuscitated Newcastle uh, it's a really interesting chat I do say so myself so head over to listen to that I mentioned the Let's Talk About series we've, we've covered Miggy, Eddie Howe Joe Linton uh, Jamal LaSalle's and St. James's Park. And next week we'll be covering, or this week rather, we'll be covering the centre midfield dilemma, which I'm sure you and I will talk about close at that Forest game because obviously linked to plenty of other centre midfielders, but it's already oversubscribed. So I'll get your view nearer to the Forest game on that. But plenty of good content all around podcast website. So do head over and check out on uh, both platforms. Uh, Please, and please remember to like and follow the podcast. It's been a pleasure, as always. Thank you very much, and enjoy the rest of your week.